everyone, and welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank. And today we're going to be checking out Degrassi, The Next Generation, Season 2, Episode 18, Dressed in Black. Now, to help us through this thrilling saga of teen sexuality, we have a returning, I guess, maybe, I don't know what we're going to call you anymore, Eric. You're like in the in-between of a veteran and a newbie. Um, our favorite pal when it comes to all things fashion uh, it is our buddy, Eric. Hey, I'm here. I'm ready to talk about some Anne Reiskoff looks. Hell yeah. Um, fight. That's it? I mean, I was thinking... Is that it? I'm an acolyte. Neoterrain. Ooh. I like Neoterrain better than uh, fight. <laughs> I like, I like this. Um, this will be good for some of our guests who come on and only know about Degrassi solely when they appear on this podcast. Um, so before we get it too far into this, let's do a big old content warning. This episode is going to feature a whole lot about teenage sexuality. Um, there's nothing really explicit in this episode, but it is going to be talking about safe sex practices and the implications of having sex at this age, as well as some mild homophobia, as well as some depictions of fictionalized domestic violence. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about those things. Uh, Frank, I know you're doing some timestamps now on some of this stuff, so we're going to try and make this as accessible as possible for y'all so that either if you want to sit out on this episode or just skip to those part, uh, skip away from those parts, you will have that option. Yeah. Um, just check the description for it. Yep. So we decided because we actually have a lot to talk about with both of these plots. It felt like this episode really looked at both of them. Um, we're super excited, but Eric, you gotta lead the way with us and give us a brief introduction to our A-plot and our B-plot. Okay, so our A-plot is Jimmy and Ashley. They've kind of reconnected here, um, but, you know, Ashley isn't really sure that Jimmy likes the new her as much as the old her, and it's causing a little friction, and then we're going to get some heavy-handed interpretation of that friction through Shakespeare, which is fun. <laughs> Uh, and our B plot is uh, dumb kids buy condoms, basically. Hell yeah! <laughs> dumb uh, kids buy a lot of condoms. A lot of different types, and no, do not know what they do. Yeah. Which is also thanks Armstrong, but we'll get to that when we talk about the B plot. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we are so, like, we're so excited about talking about this B-plot, which is stunning because I feel like the past few episodes, the B-plot has been so skeletal. Like, we haven't had very much to talk about. It felt so evenly split, this episode. Yeah, it felt like a very well-balanced episode. Um, and it felt like the plots made sense together. Um, I was engaged during the episode, but before we get into like that type of stuff, let's just jump into our plots. We're going to start with our A plot this time around. Um, once again, we have a lot to say about both plots. We don't have to be like hemming and hawing over it. So our A plot opens up in true magnificence because it's actually performing on a piano and everything is set up beautifully down to her. How long do you think she took to like set up her bedroom before Jimmy came over? Like, I was wondering whole, that. This is a day project, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, she had to collect all the candles from the living room and um, wherever her mom, like, hides all of her candles. Um, and then she also had to make sure that 
you know, she herself looked great. Like, she worked hard on that smoky eye. That was much heavier than her usual smoky eyes. Like, this was a project to have happen. Yeah, but, like, she made the rookie mistake of um, when you're going to perform a song for somebody and it's just one person, don't make eye contact. Never make eye contact. Don't like, just stare at them the entire time waiting for their reaction. You don't think that's, you know, romantic and not awkward at all? Garfunkel and Oates have a whole song about this. Like, you stare off into the middle distance like a cowboy. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah, she's very intense about it. She's singing this song. She's making this eye contact with Jimmy, and Jimmy is squirming during it. Oh, he is so uncomfortable. This was... This was some acting right here. Oh, yeah. Like, he was just like... Because, like, you know, Ashley is in this full goth mode. We've seen this throughout the season, this transformation to her becoming this. And Jimmy, like, just because he's with Ashley doesn't mean he's, like, letting go of his jock persona in any way. It's just this jock dude being surrounded by candles and darkness and, like, all of this type of stuff. And, like, at one point she stops... And she's, like, checking in, and he just is, like, staring. He's, like, blinking really slowly, and he's just like, oh, love it. Uh, in fairness, she's also being totally, like, intense and on the spot. It's like, you like it? You like this, right? Like, we're connecting, right? And it's like, whoa. Whoa. She also explains, like, why she's so excited, and she's like, oh, it's... It's like, it's an it's a original song. It's about how happy, like, you know, that we are together. And then, like, she jumps back into the song and it just features this. <laughs> it's not over? <laughs> I know. I know she stops the song. She checks in. I just punched the laptop. I'm so passionate about this. She stops the, she stops the song. She's like, do you like it? Oh, wait, there's more. Which wait, features. Yeah, wait, wait. Hold on. I need to say this one line. Three yes. Times yeah, which is, I know you, the real you. Just like four or five times locking eyes with him. It's catchy. Yeah. I, and he's like super uncomfortable, but I will say this. I will give the Degrassi writers this. I appreciate that they've turned this on its side a little bit and had the girl be the singer-songwriter. I feel like it's nice to see girls making music and torturing their romantic partners as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. It's, it's always so cringy. Like, I, to, to speak on a, um, to speak on another, like, uh, Toronto-based songwriter, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim, who in Scott from his world just sings Ramona all my life. She's like, can't wait to hear hear when it's finished. And he's just like, finished. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting to me because I've actually I've written like one piece about Gwyn once, and it's in a zine. And I like sent the link about it when I was like nowhere near them. Like we, I, I was like in an entirely different. Like I might have been at work or like at a concert or something. I was like not in the same space as them because like I was like I don't want to see this person's reaction while reading this piece. Like there's something about being a musician and like making that eye contact and everything that's so bold. It's 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 so wild. The whole scene it was just like it really set up the whole entire stage. Um, okay, um, I'm just gonna, alright, I'll discuss that later, but, like, 
So, I went on a date with a young lady last year? No, I think a few... A young lady? Frank, you're not that old yet. Okay. Uh, a young woman. <laughs> um, and, like, I was, like, I was feeling it with her and whatnot. And, like, uh, I decided to make her a mix CD. Okay. And she liked Harley Quinn comics, and I got in a free Harley Quinn comic in a um, loot crate I got. And so I put the CD in the, like, Mylar, in the Qu Harley Quinn comic, in the, um, in the, like, in the bag, and gave it to her. And I'm like, alright, cool, she'll open that when I'm gone. And then she just pulled it right out, I'm like, oh, no, 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 Exactly. Well, that, that, that's, you know, I follow the McRoy rule where you can't ask somebody out unless they have the ability to run, like, turn, heal, and run away from you as fast as they can. Yeah. I met a nice girl at a Hot Topic, and we seemed to be hitting it off, but I was like, I can't ask her out. She's at work. Yeah. Good so. for you. Honestly, good yeah, for that's you. that's a good rule. Yeah. That's a good guideline. So. Anyway, um... So Jimmy is Jimmy's feelings mirror my own, where I'm horribly uncomfortable. <laughs> by, yeah. By this song, and then we just cut into another theme song. Into the theme song. Yeah, yeah. It's just like super dramatic. Ashley's say, yeah, saying, "I know you, the real you," like five times, and then it goes. What are you doing? Oh God. <laughs> it's a good tone shift. Yeah, it's it's really nice. <laughs> Um, so the next time they come back, they're in school, Ashley's applying makeup, like, you know, obviously, and Jimmy is, like, sneaking out behind, behind her, and he whips out, like, the yearbook from the year before, and is like, oh, like, you didn't sign it, because, as we know, Ashley went and did ecstasy, and then alienated everybody, at the end of the year, so she did not isn't, sign. Isn't the, year. That the opposite of what XC normally does? Yeah, it's they basically. No, I didn't see this episode. So no, I'm not sure. They treated ecstasy like a truth serum, basically, in that episode. <laughs> Oh, so, okay. So, so it was one of those things where it was like she she hooked up with Sean, which okay, tracks with ecstasy, but also then proceeded to call Paige a hag. Talked about how she hates Jimmy and she should have broke up with him on his birthday. And, like, a zillion other things. And everyone was like, you know what, Ashley? We don't like you. <laughs> everybody okay. everybody but Terry. Yeah. Faithful, faithful Terry. Truly. <laughs> faithful put upon Terry. I know. Um... And is this the point where she says, like, which one do you like more? This, like... No. No, not yet. Not yet. Later. Not yet. Yeah, she they don't need him yet. She's a little, like, suspect yeah. of this picture, but there's no, like... She's embarrassed of her past self. Exactly. Because, like, the version of Ashley from that era before before the ecstasy burnout um, was the class president... Wearing that really heavy bob and, like, you know, the very limited two look and everything, which, you know. Her eyebrows are so tiny. Yeah. Oh, my They're God. just, like, little, little lines, and I hate it. It's true, though. It's so true. Oh, it's, it's true to the time, but 
I don't miss that. Yeah, exactly. It was a bad, was a bad look. I'm, I'm very glad that, like, I did not do anything to my eyebrows because I was too young during Same. that time. I was horribly embarrassed by my eyebrows at the time. Me but too. Now I'm very thankful that I did not fuck them because I've seen what happens if you do that for too long. Yeah, me too. Like, I was, like, super self-conscious. I was like, oh, God, I am super hairy, and this is awful. But, like, I knew so many people who didn't get their eyebrows back after that trend. I occasionally... It's okay. They're ready for cosplay now. <laughs> True enough. Um, I, I will occasionally uh, get my eyebrows... What's that thing? Threaded. Threaded, thank you. No problem. Though, and... They always come out looking great. <laughs> yeah, threading is good. And, like, you can request the thickness a lot of the time. You yeah, can control. Yeah. Upkeep, upkeep of an eyebrow is a great thing. But yeah. this, is, this eyebrow is just not natural for 90% of the population. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to get it that often, but occasionally, like, my eyebrows will make, like, will bolt towards the middle. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there's... <laughs> they are star-crossed lovers, and they like they rediscover each other. <laughs> They're reaching across your eyebrow. That's so sweet. That's how I'm gonna look at my eyebrows from here on out. It's like, oh, I gotta pluck them. Sorry, you cannot be together. It's just not meant to be, buddy. You're the villain of this story. I am. It's okay. <laughs> I'm the one who came up with the analogy. I know. I am the greatest villain. <laughs> um. So as they're, like, looking at the yearbook thing, she's she's very suspicious of it, but the whole entire exchange is disturbed because these, like, nameless, like, jocks come in. They call just Ashley... A, yeah, they're just some guys. Some dudes. Some... I've never seen them before. Yeah. And, we neither have we. And you'll never see them again. Right. We do see another Muslim girl. Yeah, we do. Does, she, does she have any lines? No, no of course not. No, no. <laughs> Have you just been spotting them, like, in the background? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because it's, like, if you look at a lot of the extras, especially this season, like, we've noticed that they're much more diverse. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that, like, you know, the characters who are not white are getting any plots. Yeah. You know? Hazel gets to show up. Yeah, it's a very... I'm sorry? It's a very token kind of diversity happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, like, Jimmy does have part of this plot, but even then, he's he's the antagonist, so. Yeah. <laughs> and Hazel's here, too, but. But she's. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> anyway, we'll get to that. Um, the guys call Ashley a freak. Um, they thank Jimmy for dating all the creepy chicks so they can save, like, you know, save all the cute gals for them. And Jimmy obviously doesn't take well to this, but also I don't blame a ninth grade boy. Like, there's a thing about this episode, I talked about this with Eric a little bit, there's something very teen about this. This episode feels like it's more, I feel more immersed in this episode than other episodes. It feels more like I believe these are teenagers as opposed to this is a writing room comprised of like 40 year olds trying to figure out what teenagers do. Um, yeah. Speaking on that, I actually was looking up the writers on this. Uh, we have Jaina Senor. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, who's a lady? Um, Aaron Martin, of course. And Sean Jarrah. Mm-hmm. 
And I bring up Sean Jarrah because Sean Jarrah is co-creator on a show called The Mysticons. Oh. Um, let me read. Let me read you this plot synopsis real quick because it sounds actually pretty baller. Um, Where is it? Um, in the mystical world of Gemina, in a place called Drake City. Four teenage girls are chosen by the all-powerful Dragon Disc to become legendary heroes known as the Mysticons. Arcana, Emerald, Zarya, and Piper undertake an arduous quest to find four spellbooks and animal-themed bracers of mystical power to form the Codex. This will grant them their full strength and abilities necessary to save the world from Dreadbane, who seeks to release Necrofa, the leader of the Spectral Hand and Queen of the Undead. This sounds pretty baller. Wow. <laughs> Wait, this is a real show that, like, got made? Yeah. Like, how many seasons? Two. Wow. I want to see this. This sounds low production value and great. This sounds like our new Degrassi-adjacent project, if we can, uh, <laughs> in between seasons. I'm, it, like, the, um... Oh, hell yeah. Oh my god, it's animated. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I didn't realize it was animated. Oh, yeah. No, I was picturing, like, bad, like, Xena. Yeah. I did not know it was animated either. I was imagining that as well, Eric. Genre, action, and magical girl. Nice. I'll check this out. I'll bite. (laughs) Anyway, regardless, like, I don't know if it's that right or I don't know what it is, but there's something about this that felt very real. Like, Jimmy... Being unable to accept that he wants a goth GF and, like, not understanding the weight of having a goth GF. <laughs> the responsibility. <laughs> right? It's, it's hard work having a goth GF. <laughs> with, great, with great goth GF comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah, and, like, he, he can't accept it. And, like, you see his... It, it's, it's very obvious on his face, like, how uncomfortable he is by the premise of this. And how he doesn't like that he is losing um, social capital because of the fact that he is back with Ashley. I'll also say his response to her was like the wrong response. He was like, oh, but you're beautiful on the inside. They can't see that. And it's like, Jimmy, tell her she's beautiful on the outside too. Like, come on, buddy. That's, that's basically saying like, I don't like how you look, but you're lovely on the inside. But it's also a good way to to plant that seed, right? Like that really good way of planting yeah. that seed of doubt that like Jimmy right. Jimmy likes Ashley, but he and he but in many ways he's trying to have a redo of the year before as opposed to trying to proceed as to new, you know, new versions of themselves. Which feel which yeah, is an immature way like it's it makes sense like it makes sense for being in that great cuz that's the immature way to get back into a relationship with somebody. Absolutely. It's not just like, okay, fresh start. It's, no, I want things to go back to the way they were before. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that complements Jimmy as a character where he has a lot of instability that we've talked about because of his family situation. His parents are always working. So it's not very surprising also to see a kid like that to want to just be like, let me go back to how it is. I want it to be back when I was able to hang out with this family, back when I was able to be the boyfriend of the class president and all that stuff, because they were a power couple. Yeah. 
And I also think it's just, like, a matter of stability. Yeah. Like, past Ash was just, like, even-keeled and break any rules. Mm-hmm. Like, but also didn't attract any... Un- the only attention that was attracted was wanted attention. Yeah. It's very true. So, I'm very impressed with how they're able to realistically kind of set this whole thing up. It, it works in a way that is pretty it's a very very has a very logical flow to it and it's a trope that you know many teen dramas do but i think it's a very good example of it which i really appreciate i'm right. i'm always up for that i'm gonna keep an eye on this uh this writing team yeah i'm wondering if we might have a new susan nielsen on our hands oh please um so the next time we see them they're in english class kwan has found another shakespeare play to do which is taming of the shrew I have not read Wait, how, many, how many Shakespeare uh, productions has this has this school put on so far? So, so far they've definitely done at least, I think, three plays, and they've also talked about the sonnets, I think. Yeah. Um, and I get it, like, Shakespeare is, you know, you don't have to worry about royalties or anything with it, so, like, I understand that aspect. But also, like, there are plenty of texts... That, sorry, I was talking, and goddamn Frank just showed me a very unflattering angle of Hasselakos, and I don't know why. Um, anyway, back on track. Um, like, I understand that, like, the, you know, there's probably some sort of evasion of copyright because Shakespeare is so old, but, like, I feel like there's other text that is Brit There's gotta be something. Yeah. I'm concerned for these kids, like curriculum and education if they're just doing Shakespeare. Exactly. Like, I did a Shakespeare play. I think we did one a year in my school. <coughs> like, one a year. We did Romeo and Juliet. We did Hamlet. We did Macbeth. And then we did uh, Midsummer Night's Dream in my school. We did A Doll's House in Mine. Which oh. I still remember because I remember how awesome that play was. Interesting. Like, what? I don't want to, like, English explain. That's Okay. <laughs> Just, like, if you haven't, if okay, audience, if you haven't read it, um, it's this play about this young late, this, god, I am an old man, <laughs> about, um, uh, a housewife who is trying to, like, get her, she's in debt, trying to keep everything perfect in her household, but she's trying to keep it from her husband, and things happen, and a spoiler for the end of this, like, 70-year-old play, she just bounces, and she's like... <laughs> Later, I'm gonna go start a real life. Nice. I haven't so. read it. Oh, it's really good. I, uh, I trust but you. Ibsen. I trust you. I mean, I read like a Shakespeare play once per year. Eric, how about you? Yeah, I feel like it was similar. I think we we probably covered one per year. I don't think we performed them, but I think we we read them. Yeah. I mean, like that. Uh, like I did not read Taming of the Shrew. I have not. I don't even think I've seen like an adaptation of it. Ten things I hate about I've you. I read that, but Haven't yeah, I was it. gonna say ten things I hate about you is the adaptation. I have not seen ten things I hate about you. Confession. Oh, hey, if you love stupid teen dramas, it's there for you. It's yeah, we did it for Teen Girl Talk. I was it, gonna say that has to be done by Teen Girl Talk. Yeah, we had a Heath Ledger month, which was an excuse to watch that, and then um, a Night's Tale. Fair enough. I have seen a Night's Tale. Yeah. <laughs> um... But, like, it, there's parts of it that don't hold up anymore, but uh, <laughs> there is the amazing... Sorry, just a quick tangent about that movie. The dad in it is a, um... 
uh, he's a prenatal natal doctor, like. I don't know, but, like, he makes his daughters wear, like, a pregnancy stomach. He's like, this is what happens if you, like, you know, like, go on dates with boys. It's like, fuck? <laughs> it's actually funny. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, That's healthy. Oh, no, it's definitely scary. not, but it's... <laughs> yeah. But regardless, much like that is an adaptation, Quan challenges the class as a... Um, as an assignment, which is actually a pretty good assignment um, to recreate a scene in it. So don't change the text itself, but change the way that you would present it, the blocking of it, the costumes that you wear, the tone that you use, which is like a legitimate assignment. I also like that she pre-made the groups. That is always a good teacher trick so that you don't waste time. It's on the paper. Nobody can argue it. Okay. Um, this is... Although she does say, like, make it true for them, and I understand what she's trying to say, which is, like, you're going to recreate it, but she, like, really doesn't give them a specific objectives <laughs> of what they're doing. She's like, make it true for you if you think it's so dumb. And it's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me just... Okay. But, like, the thing about this scene is, like, there's, like, different degrees of Degrassi music... Degrassi? Degrassi <laughs> music where it's just like there's sad guitar riff where it's like <laughs> and then like <laughs> like somebody like, play a guitar riff then like hit the wall with pedal a few times it's like <laughs> where's my check um, this was the cliched Shakespeare music yeah like it's the saddest music they got in their thing and like the reason everybody everything is so sad is because Ashley is with Craig and Hazel's with Jimmy yeah. Um, tragedy. That's a Shakespearean tragedy right there. There you go. Um, this also, this fe episode features a slightly different music, musical interlude, which is like a slow piano version of Ashley's song, which is specifically that I know you, the real you section. <laughs> I did not notice that, and that's amazing. Oh, yeah. I noticed it like the second it happened. I was like, oh, and then they used it like five times. It was great. Um, and... Past, our listeners of our past episodes will know that this is going to go well for Craig because Craig, I guess, has a crush on Ashley. I mean, they've made a connection, though. Like, I'm not going to call BS on that because remember, like, as much as I hated the GMO gang-up scene with Manny and the, like, I don't know what else to call it. I remember that. That yeah. was the last episode I was on. That's and right. Like, but, it like... Yeah, yeah, but, like, they, they got along, they had, like, a similar grasp of that topic, and, like, that was a way to show that Manny is immature, and as much as I think that scene is bullshit, it does make their connection make more sense. I was thinking more with Joey being like, oh, you have a date, isn't that Ashley girl? Right, yeah. So, like, this has been, this has been building in a pretty subtle way, which is kind of fun, um, because what ends up happening is, like, Ashley's leaving the class. Craig is so cute this episode, by the way. Like, Craig is, like, <laughs> Craig, watching him now makes me remember why I had, like, the biggest crush on him when I was yeah, a baby. Yeah, he was, like, adorable work, woke bro. Yeah, he was so cute. And, like, I've been, like, knee-deep in... I was, like, because, like, at the time of recording, Tumblr, as we know it, is about to die. Um, R.I.P. 
Yeah. Every so, time my Tumblr has been flagged and it will all be deleted. Goodbye. Yeah, right. It's just like rip rip and rip everybody. Um it's like Tumblr, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, like discourse aside, I've tried to like look at some of the Degrassi Tumblr fandom. And I've ended up just seeing so many cute little headcanons and gift sets of Craig, and I'm just so mushy. Um, because he's so sweet in this, he kind of run, he kind of saunters out. Um, he's wearing like a little wreath around his head, and he's like quoting parts of the play. <laughs> um, and it's a really nice moment because they read the scene the same exact way, where they don't see a guy taking the time, like, you know, trying to transform a woman into what he wants as something that's, like, comedy. It's very upsetting to the two of them. So they kind of do a quick little brainstorming moment. They're both on the same page. And Ashley just seems so surprised that Craig is able to identify these issues. Well, look at the men she hangs out with. I know. I know. Even Jim even when she goes home, it's to Toby. Like Toby and her dad. Yeah. Jimmy Spinner, season two, Toby. Sean. Toby's dad. Oh. It's it's you know. But there's also isn't this also the scene with the photograph? Um, not yet. Okay. We'll get yeah. to that. Um, but yeah, like they actually get along really well, and yeah, no, he's like super cute and and understanding, and it comes off very sincere. Which I think also helps given Craig's background as a survivor and everything. Like, and I don't know how intentional that is. I never know how intentional that type of stuff is. But I like that he has this hyper-awareness to him that I feel like really tracks with what we know about his character. Yeah. It's just really good. And she's so happy to and surprised that somebody gets her and gets her read on the text. <laughs> yeah, her face just like lights up she's like oh like he understands where i'm going exactly um he's as deep as i am at the edge of this cliff yeah i mean but also like you know she's usually an outsider right she only has ellie ellie gets her but like that's it like a lot of the time she's just this kid who's kind of spitting out like pseudo profound shit in the middle of class and like I get it. Like, I was that kid. I was that moody, edgy kid who thought that I was smarter than everybody else. And, like, you know, as much as they are annoying, it's also very frustrating being on that end as well, where, you like, you don't feel like you are able to connect and to actually find somebody who humors you that isn't just a teacher. Mm -hmm. It's really important and really good to see. And it was really nice to see them make the connection on something that they are pulling actually pulling a pretty good point about yeah. it i mean i haven't seen taming of the shrew i don't know all of it i haven't read it but like on paper that whole idea of transforming somebody to be something that they're not for your benefit is never a good thing yeah so the next time that we see this plot kick in we see hazel and jimmy and <laughs> hazel's just busting poses yeah, Hazel, she's, like, laughing. She thinks Jimmy is so fucking funny. Like, she's just in full, like, just, like, full flirt mode. Like, <laughs> she's just trying so hard. I mean, what? I mean, she's Paige's best friend. Like, this doesn't shock me in the least. The thing is, like, I'm just, I remember in season one, Paige had a, also had a crush on Jimmy, but I feel like Paige 
and Hazel would have an agreement like, yo, whoever wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see that with Jimmy especially. Jimmy seems to give me like I feel like there are there's like a like a whole spectrum in terms of the boys at Degrassi and like they have like put every boy at a point in the spectrum between like do not date this per do not flirt with this person if I'm into them to like I don't give a shit whoever like you know whatever. And I feel like Jimmy is like on the whatever end of it. It's just whoever gets whoever gets him yeah. wins. <laughs> it's a victory for us all. <laughs> But, um, yeah, she's, like, laughing and everything. Jimmy has the locker open. Um, Ashley approaches him, and you can see, even during the laughter scene, like, he does have a picture of Ashley in his locker, but it's from that tragic eighth grade form. R.I.P. Right. <laughs> it's just that heavy bob. Like. Yeah. It's, it's a look. It's a look that says, like, mom at the grocery store <laughs> yeah and like she's a cute girl and like i want to be clear i'm not making fun of her like as a kid no 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 no, no. no this is just the styling is real unfortunate yeah i mean, like i generally have a rule that like the two things that like about appearance that are okay to make fun of are like clothes and hair because those can be changed mm-hmm. like you can just have a bad haircut and like Ashley's haircut does say, may I speak with your manager? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It really does. Um, I get nervous when I see that haircut walking into my store. I'm like, oh, oh. crap. Oh, she's oh. going to want the coupons a day early. Uh-huh. That's a callback to my working at a drugstore for days. Hell yeah. Oh, boy. Uh. Um... So they're they're talking and they reestab- they establish that they have dinner plans, which are an exotic Craft meal. Craft dinner. <laughs> and Sorry. burgers. It, it makes me laugh every time I hear craft dinner. <laughs> Craft dinner and burgers. Like made bur- by No, okay, I have something to say when we get to these burgers. Go ahead. <laughs> it's like thank you, I'm glad. Um so- this dinner is unnatural and I was very upset. <laughs> Why? Because there was like a big pile of burgers. Like fucking Popeye's friend came to dinner. It was bizarre. They were clearly dry and completely unadorned, but already all on buns. And I don't understand. No one eats burgers like that. Um, before we get to that, where we can really let it rip. Like, um, this is made by Toby's, uh, dad, by the way. She's very, very clear that it's craft dinner and burgers, and it's made by Toby's dad. Um. You know that's the only thing he can make. That's it. That's all he's got in his arsenal. Yeah. Which makes me very fearful for, like, what Toby's meals were like when his mom was, like, working, their marriage was falling apart, and, like, (laughs) the dad and him were alone for extended periods of time. Well, if Sean kisses the craft dinner... Coming from it, from his like background, Toby probably will just full on make out with it. Oh god, he motorboats it like he motorboat like he motorboats JT's uh, fucking balloon titties. Thank you for bringing that up, Donnie. I'm I ro- sorry. I really wanted to be reminded of that. I'm Mer- sorry. Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> Christmas came early. It's seared. It's it's my see Monday at the time of recording. Monday is my birthday, so I need to spread the gift of. Wait. Yes, it was your birthday? No, this coming Monday. Okay. So I need to spread 
spread the love to everybody. My presence is a present. It's true. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, so, um, we're just, this is the quick intersection with the B plot. Yeah. Um, Ashley says, hey, um, your, uh, Toby got a visit from Dr. Sally. This is when they're at, at the house. Like, it, cut, it okay, cuts so to them. Okay, so this is a natural dinner. Yes. <laughs> this and, dinner was made by a pod person. I'm sorry. <laughs> there is a completely undressed salad that's just lettuce. So I see them scooping it. It's just lettuce. No dressing. Nothing. It's craft dinner, like, in a bowl that I guess you just serve yourself from. And then it is a pile of burgers that are just completely plain, already in buns. I have to assume they're, like, cold because they're not even, like, steamy or juicy looking. It's like when you go to a barbecue late and, like, everything yeah. has already been grilled. Uh, I don't even think those are grilled. Those look like somebody... I don't know, microwave them. It's so bad. This dinner is so upsetting. <laughs> it's really bad. I, I, I didn't know what crab dinner exactly was. Um, it's mac and cheese. Yeah. yeah. But then I look up main ingredients, dried pasta, okay, cheese powder. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes. Yeah. Cheese powder. Oh, yeah. I will say, though, I have eaten craft dinner and compared it directly to the U.S. craft mac and cheese, and it is superior. Really? Yes, I had one of my friends in Canada sent me like a box of Canadian goodies, um, of which I will say Coffee Crisp was the best, and they need to make that here because it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I did a side by side taste test of the of the craft dinner, and it's definitely way better than Blue Box Craft Mac and Cheese. Interesting. I feel like I gotta like try it next time I'm in Canada. I mean, I'm in there. I'm there often enough that I could. F- Find a way to grab a box while I'm there. Interesting. Get yourself a craft dinner, but don't eat it with dry, terrible burgers, please. I'll try not to. And lettuce. <laughs> so Just lettuce. <laughs> um. So Ashley, as as Frank said, she's trying to bring up the uh, conversation that is going to be in the B plot, which is about if um Toby got condoms at the um at the sex education. Um, and she says, like, well, I think it's important to have access to condoms and tr- kind of tries to open up a debate at the table, <laughs> um, which she actually has more tact than I expected her to, all things considered. I, st- I still felt so bad for Jimmy. You're just sitting there, like, trying to make good with someone's parents and your girlfriend's sitting there like, well, what do you think? Well, Let's it doesn't. talk about it. Let's yeah. talk the boat. Well, it doesn't help that, like, the parents are, like, split, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what's going on with mom and dad? I don't know. And Who knows why they're together? Jim, uh, Jim, I, the mom reiterates something, it reiterates the side I'm on, where kids are gonna have sex either way, better they're prepared. Which is such a Mama Kerwin perspective. Yeah. That is so in character to that woman. Yeah. For my, for my lengthy dissertation about Mama Kerwin. <laughs> Um, as the anti-helicopter parent. Yeah. Um, but, um, and then Toby's dad is like, oh, I don't know, I think he's gonna give them the wrong idea that they're gonna want to have sex. I came directly out of the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, I can't even be terribly mad. I mean, adults 
still feel that way. Though, like you said, Frank, it's kind of like, oh, why are you guys together? If, do you always have split split uh, opinions on this type of stuff? This was the time when you could, like, have a difference of opinion without, like, everything in the, your world crashing down, which isn't true now. It's no. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, oh, the gosh darn aughts. Early aughts. I had a nice Thanksgiving until a... Oh, no. Until a Republican showed up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um... Eric and I had a great Thanksgiving. I know, I yes, saw... Yes, I was going to say, we had no Republicans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um... Jimmy tries to, like, go down the middle. He's like, I think everybody has good points. Yeah, he's just trying to, you know, keep it, keep it, whatever. And Ashley's just, like, really persistent. Like, no, Jimmy, like, pick a fucking side. Tell me. Tell me what you think. Yeah. You're either with me or against me. Um, yeah, this is rough. And then, yeah. And then he turns to her and says, only a Sif deals in absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then says, look... Mr. Uh, Ashley's parents. I don't know if they're... Toby's mis- dad would be Mr. Isaacs. Mr. Isaacs. Miss Kerwin, there's a young man at my school. His name is Spinner. He might seem like a total chunkhead, but he believes in one thing above all. Safe sex. <laughs> <laughs> when Ashley and I thought we were going to take that big step, he said, let's celebrate by getting some condoms. It's true. This is 100% canonical. Like, this is not not fabricated. But, like, yeah, no, he, like, he sides with Toby's dad. Um, and Ashley is frustrated, and it's, it's go, you know, it's obviously meant to kind of mirror Craig and how Craig is very forthcoming with his positions on things. He doesn't need it dragged out of him. Jimmy needs it, like, prodded and prodded and prodded because he's afraid to rock the boat. Or maybe just doesn't really have an opinion very much yet. He's in ninth grade. Like, yeah. <laughs> he he cares about basketball. Yeah. Yeah, it cracked me up that she was like, should kids have condoms? And I'm like, you're a kid. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're acting like Toby is so much younger than you, but, like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is 8th grade. The divide between 8th grade and ninth grade is vast as well as not much at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, I get it a little, but it's true. She's like, should children? And it's like, Toby's like 13, 14 at this point. Um, so that uh, awkward dinner comes to a blessed end. <laughs> yeah, and then then we go back to school. Ashley is fiddling with a camera and Craig approaches her. <laughs> trying to take a selfie. Yeah, she's trying to take a selfie with a fucking Polaroid. Which... Just before the Polaroids had, like, the selfie lens on them. So if yeah. it succeeded, it would have been completely blown. Oh, yeah. I think this was before the term selfie was even invented. Oh, absolutely. Like, this was just a, you know... I took a picture of myself. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure is what we called it for a while. Yeah. Um, so she's trying to take a picture of herself. <laughs> And Craig approaches her and is like, you know, oh, let me help you. Which makes sense. Craig is into photography. He has his camera around his neck. So he helps her take a picture. Um, and Ashley promptly passes the Polaroid to Jimmy with the expectation. Which expe- could have never developed. It literally yeah. developed in like five seconds, which made me very upset. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, there's no magical reveal or anything. It's just like, boom, here it is. <laughs> Goth Ashley. <laughs> Wow, you appear, you look so opaque in this. <laughs> um, 
So her her whole entire thing is like, oh, you can take down the old picture. And Jimmy's like, nah, I'll have both. Dude. Take a hint. Yeah. <laughs> take a hint. Like, honestly, both of them need to take a hint. Like, this isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> let's, no. let's give them credit. This, in, in many high school situations, would have been a plot... That would have been not dragged out for 22 minutes, but, like, 22 months. Oh, God. So, like... Yeah, I do respect so far into the grassy that, like, people date and then date other people. It's not, like, this, like, giant, ongoing relationship that a lot of other shows seem to do. Yeah, like, there are ships that, like, you you are supposed to want to cheer on, but, like, they're not going to just be this coherent thought in the whole entire series. That is, like, just, like, super depressing to have to see, quite frankly. Um, I still have my gripes with, like, Emma and Sean, and I know they kind of frame that as, like, the big relationship in the series. But even then, it's not, like, constantly hanging over it. Like, we still see Emma and Sean as individuals. We don't see them constantly together and constantly just accosting each other. Yeah. Like, Emma makes a brief some brief appearances in this episode. Sean's just not there. Yeah. Which, thank goodness. Yeah. Wait, who's Sean again? Sean is the one who... I'm trying to think if you really interacted with him in any of the episodes that you were on. He's just, like, a... He's, like, the bad boy. He has, like, a denim jacket. And he used to be, like, this, like, rough and tumble but well-meaning boy. But now he's just a homophobic douchebag. Oh, oh, dear. Okay. No, I have missed this one completely. Yeah, I think... When I think maybe you might have seen him in passing, but I don't think he was really featured in the episodes you've been on. But he's not in this one either, so maybe you'll never see him. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, hopefully. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, so so um, Jimmy is like, oh, I'm going to have both, and Ashley calls him out, and is just like, look, like, which do you prefer? Do you prefer me now, or do you prefer me back then? And Jimmy admits that he likes the old version of her. Is, is Craig still... I'm sorry, Eric? God, Jimmy, no. Yeah. Is Craig still hanging out, or did he, like, see this train wreck coming? He's like, zip, 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 zip. I didn't really see him in that scene. I but... feel like he's smart enough to just back away down the hallway. Oh yeah, no, he he knows he knows when when to fucking bounce. Keep within an earshot, but like still not be close. Like I don't want to be convi- convicted of of eavesdropping. However, I am eavesdropping. I've got to go to a thing at a place later. Yeah. But um I think he like lingers a little bit at the beginning, but I'm pretty sure he eventually like backs out. Like I'm thinking yeah. he like watches her go over to him but still is like okay and starts backing away. Yeah. Um, so he admits that she, that he likes the old version of her. Um, and then the next scene is her sitting in her house. She has no makeup on. She's flipping through the yearbook and looking at all of these pictures. Cause once again, she was the class president. There are pictures of her and Jimmy together. There are pictures of her like doing all of these things that she used to do in middle school. Um, and it's, and you see her like, you know, kind of, it's like a nonverbal scene, but she's clearly like, you know, Thinking about, like, what was it about what she was back then? Oh, maybe she can do that, etc., etc. I love how, like, heavy-handed the 
this is. Oh, this is yeah. Such, like, the, the shot, the, there's this panning shot, like, across her bureau, and you see all the makeup out and, like, aligned, and then you see her bare-faced in the mirror, vulnerable, and then you see, the, like, past a memory. I don't know. It was it was very dramatic. Oh, I yeah. I It was so overt. Like, no ambiguity. No, 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 no. We're going full balls out right here yeah i mean sometimes you just need that it's true it's true and like you know what at the end of the day it's definitely a scene that i would prefer to see as this heavy-handed you know dialogueless scene as opposed to her like sitting in a room going having a monologue of like oh what do i do do i put on makeup no it's great no i appreciate it i just love that they like want full visual narrative oh yeah and and to that end i think it's much less heavy-handed because like i'm so having watched so much teen media i'm so Mm -hmm. used to characters just walking around and just talking endlessly about their feelings like i watched this one bit of scene like no i get what she's feeling yeah i'm there yeah with her yeah it works and it works for younger audiences it works for older audiences it's just effective there's a lot of like just very this episode runs very well like it feels like there's nothing really that i feel like was out of place it sets up everything that it needs to there's non-verbal cues there's verbal cues it it just runs very efficiently and i really appreciated it yeah um just very efficient writing which i love um the next time she goes she's going to school and she's in full normie gear yeah, so I read this in the description that she goes back to her old look, and I expected, like, oh, so she'll do something about her hair, because the hair does not match, like, her <laughs> lavender polo shirt. Yeah, um, Eric, as our as our fashion guide, would you like to describe her normie outfit? It is a pastel nightmare, yeah. <laughs> It is that contrast, you know, the polo with the white contrast collar that everybody loves. Like a little light blue, like kind of track jacket kind of thing over it. Yeah, and like Frank said, her hair, like there was nothing she could do without her hair. She has like dark, short pixie cut. So it's just gonna, that's just how it's gonna look. Yep. Um, It really feels like she's just wearing clothes that she would have wore last season. Which, which I like. Like, it didn't look like they were trying to keep up with whatever the trend was at the time that the episode was being recorded. It felt like they literally, like, went back to the costume closet, went, this is what you wore, here you go. And I like that about it. I'm pretty sure we've seen her in that outfit. Yeah, like, I'm fairly certain that she, maybe not the exact combination of clothes, but I'm very certain that we've seen pieces of that in her wardrobe in season one. So, like, I liked that. It, it really felt like she had shoved those clothes in the back of her, like, like you know, in the back of her um, closet, and she yanked them out solely for this, which I really enjoyed. Um, but, yeah, so she comes in, she's dressed like that, and poor Ellie is traumatized by it, and she just is like, I don't get it. I don't understand why you're doing I know, this. I noticed Ellie was also less goth. Yeah, yeah, she, her, her look fluctuates. She wasn't rocking the, like, Stevie Nicks wood nymph goth that she was last time I was here. Yeah, like, her, her look oscillates a little bit, um, her hair gets more slick over time, like, a good crimp crimp on in this episode, I appreciated the crimp. Yeah, it's, 
always, always there, and I'm very thankful. But yeah, her, her looks, they sometimes get more subdued, they sometimes don't, and then obviously as the character gets older, her, her style changes a little bit. But, um, it's true, it's not in, like, it's not like the last time we saw her, where Eric, she was literally wearing three, like, ponytails. Nice. No, Emma took over with the multiple ponytails. Emma had, like, at least eight ponytails in her hair this episode. <laughs> she stole all of them. like, five seconds. Yeah. Um, so, Ellie's, like, really upset. Ashley explains this is how she looked used to look before Ellie knew her. Um, which, by the way, this is where I began to daydream and went, Ashley and Ellie as a ship? Thoughts? I mean, I thought that I was... Yeah, I thought that was already assumed. Right? I just, like, was imagining, like, Ashley making the eye contact and singing that song at Ellie, and Ellie just, like, <laughs> nodding her head back. Oh, Ellie would be into it. Yeah, no, that would be good. Oh, uh, by the way, I found it. Rumors and Reputations. Oh my god, that is the same outfit. Holy shoot. Yeah, Rumors and Reputations. Ashley is wearing the same outfit. Um, no, surprise. Costumers never, like anything away oh no but that that's good that's good so if anyone wants to see it in action <laughs> you can check it out then i mean it does look better with the long hair it does it does it makes more sense because it's like more what she was experiencing um anyway as they're talking about it jimmy walks in and jimmy's super excited um and spinner is just like oh you look alive um <laughs> shut up spinner yeah right like thanks bro come on dude um, Jimmy is just like, oh, I was just getting used to the golf thing. Shut up, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not secretly delighted at all. Yeah. It's just like, I will say this. I prefer ragging on Jimmy because he just sounds like a typical teenage boy and less because I feel like the Degrassi writers do not know what to do with a black character. Yeah. Like, I'm glad he's just being a stupid boy. Yeah. I'd rather just, yeah. ra like, do that. This is understandably dumb boy things. It's nothing terrible. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the next time we see Ashley, she's trying to hang out with Terry, Hazel, and Paige again. Um, they have, like, this weird bit about existential genes. <laughs> I want to see this commercial they're talking about. I assume they're, like, making fun of old, like, Calvin Klein gene ads, which were very, like, pretentious. Also, I have to guess. Yeah, like that, or like, did Guess have weird ads? Guess just had sexy yes. ads, right? Everybody had. Guess, yeah, Guess' his whole thing was like just being overly sexy. Yeah. I, I feel like everybody had weird ads back then. Yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah. Gap had really weird, like, khaki ads. I remember that. Pants were important um, in this time. They were. <laughs> they were. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so they're, like, talking about that, and Ashley is like, oh, I didn't see that. Um, and Terry's just like, you know, I think Terry, we really don't truly see how elated Terry is at this situation, but she is like, it's okay, we'll put you, we'll get you in the loop. And, like, you, I can only imagine how, like, there was definitely a missing scene here where Terry is just, like, overjoyed that maybe, just maybe her life doesn't have to be super tense chaos anymore. <laughs> Um, and Ashley is also, they're sitting on, like, some bleachers, and Ashley is sitting as far away from them as she possibly can. Yeah, like, she's maybe within earshot. Like, <laughs> um, Paige asks about the style change, which I thought was interesting, because in typical Paige fashion, she's like, oh, well, the goth look really worked for you. Which, 
Yeah, like, it was kind of nice. I don't know. I found her refreshing. Well, because I think that's why Ashley's just like, I have to go meet Craig to practice our scene. Because, like, there's this long, like, there's a pause that where Ashley doesn't answer. Because, like, the thing is, the thing is, like, I'm kind of, I I think, what the, the feeling I get from Paige is that, like, for certain people, Paige isn't going to rag on you, mm-hmm. but she is still curious because it's like... Well, it's in her nature. It's Yeah, but like the curiosity comes from a place of just like, okay, her fashion changed. What else is going on underneath that? Which makes a lot of sense, especially given their dynamic. Like, if you think about Shout and things like that, like... Ashley is now privy to some really sensitive information with Paige and supported her during that. So even though we don't really see them as friends like they may have been in other moments, even then they were kind of rivals, so I don't know how much that counts in season one. But, like, it it feels that they would have some sort of respect for each other. And so page is genuinely curious and genuinely like feels the need to check in because this is happening and um given her past in season one we're seeing like page would be privy to two things that would kind of throw up like a warning sign for her um you know she says never let a man decide your good time yep and um you know I'm referring back to her just going out of her way to help Emma. Yeah. Like, so I'm sure, like, um, I can, given Paige's love of machinations, I'm just seeing the wheels turning where she's like, okay, so she got back together with Jimmy, and now she changed out of her goth look back back into the pastels. Something's going on. And I'm pretty sure it has to do with Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. It's... I don't know. It's I feel like once again, I feel like Paige sometimes is at her best when she just has like brief moments like this. Yeah. Like I feel like she's a very effective one-liner type of character where you can see a lot of her intention and a lot of her curiosity and all that type of stuff literally in one line, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So, um Ashley flees to the woods. <laughs> yes. Where she's meeting Craig to go over their scene. <laughs> Yeah, why are they doing this in the woods? (laughs) I don't know. You can't go to someone's house. You can't use a classroom. You're just gonna do Shakespeare in the woods. I thought there was gonna be, like, an interesting thing where it was just, like, somebody was gonna accuse, like, Ashley of two-time and Jimmy because, like, she met Craig in the woods. That would have been something. Yeah, but I was just like, nope, they're just meeting in the woods. And I guess it's a perfectly, like, unique thing to do. A perfectly fine <laughs> Is thing. Is this, like, a Canadian tradition of Shakespeare in the woods? Let's ask uh, our, one of our last guests about that. Um, oh, my God, no, we, we won't. But yeah, no, it's a very peculiar thing. They, but still, like Craig is practicing, and then, and then, like you know, they talk about um, the whole entire situation of the scene. And Ashley is clearly questioning the motives of the character based on their assessments. Where she's wondering if the male character, whose name never stuck in my head because I never read Tame the Shoe. Well, no, there's Kate, and then what's the male guy? The guy. Uh, Patroc- 
Petruchio, I believe, something like that. Something like that. Like, she's trying, she's saying, like, you know, what if he was trying to transform Kate out of love? Like, what if it was, like, you know, to do something like that? And Craig, so she literally says, like, was it out of love? And Craig goes, he was a sexist pig and abusive. Petruchio. Petrucia? Petruchio. Petruchio. Okay. So, like, Craig just, like, calls him out and is, like, you know, trying to get her back on track based on the assessment of the characters that they established. Um, And he brings up a point, which is, you know, a really important point that I think anybody at any age should listen to, which is, like, you know, if, you know, if that, if Petruchio wanted to love Kate so much, like, he would have loved her for who she was. He wouldn't have taken the time to try and change her. Yeah. Which, you know, is super heavy-handed, but once again, effective. Like, it's in theory why kids are still reading Shakespeare, right? Because so much of his plays and poetry and everything kind of speak to these types of scenarios. Yeah. Um, so the next time we see them, they're going to, they're doing the scenes, um, Quan is having them perform them in the theater. Uh, Jimmy wishes Ashley luck on the performance, um, and then we see Jimmy and Hazel's scene, which is baffling. <laughs> she's, this is, yeah, this is bizarre. She's dressed as a cheerleader, and she's just pounding Jimmy's chest as he's dressed like a football player. He's wearing shoulder pads, too, like, he's wearing part of his, like uniform like padding it's really bizarre got his grease paint on he's ready yeah it's just like that classic half-formed like project idea where it's like the core ideas of it aren't bad like their whole interpretation is like petruchio is like this like classic jock type and he's make wants kate to be his cheerleader and like once again i don't hate that interpretation and i think it does go back to that idea of making it their truth, whatever the fuck that, you know, Quan was trying to say. True to them, I think that's what I think was her phrase. But, like, it, there's no transition between, like, Hazel's Kate not being a cheerleader. So, like, she's literally in cheerleading outfit. She's pounding on Jimmy's chest, and then she breaks into a cheer where she spells out love with pom-poms. That was really it's bizarre. It's, it's real weird. Um, and when Quan asks them why, like, he's, he's like, oh, we wanted to make it modern. Also, Kate is, Kate is the ideal woman by being a cheerleader. And you can see Ashley wearing a horrid wig, like, being, like, clearly <laughs> hurt by I love this. this wig. <laughs> the wig is, oh, love boy. It's like a Party City wig. And then, and then, yes. and then as he gets off stage, uh, he just says to Quan, you know, uh, eyes up, full heart, can't lose. You did not even get that close. <laughs> but I appreciate the I attempt. I loved the feedback the students gave on this was that it kept their attention, which is, like, the biggest, like, I can't think of anything nice to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> that sure was a play. Yeah, that sure was something, wasn't it? You were talking, and I had to listen, so... <laughs> I was awake. Great. Lines were said. <laughs> um, so, afterwards, Ashley and Craig come up. Ashley is wearing, like, kind of, like... I like these costumes, because they really look like costumes kids would try to cobble together for a presentation. 
um, where she's like trying to look like a housewife. Um, she's like a prop. She's like part of a vacuum or something, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Like yeah, like something like that. Some sort of cleaning product. And then Craig has a suit and yeah. then he puts on glasses, which I had thoughts about. I don't know if, Frank, you had the same thoughts I it's did. It's chilling. It's chilling. Cause because he looks like his dad. He does. And it's really, it was like, I had a moment that it, it truly like scared me for a second. I was like, oh, like, that was really effective visual cue. And like, you know, they do, they, they don't exactly play it up, but like, once again, the the actor who plays Craig is so good because like amazing. He takes like a deep breath and then like I'm like oh I'm at first I'm like he's a little nervous to go on stage and then he unfolds the glasses and puts them on. You're like oh no. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eric, in case you can't pick up on it, his father, who is his abuser, like right. wears suits and glasses and shit. So like, okay. it feels very. Yes. Yeah, it feels yeah. very intentional. Let me, yeah, let me just play out my trauma on the stage for you. So. Yeah, it, it, it's very effective, though, because, like, I don't know, he's very, 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 you know, he does not budge. He thinks Petruchio is an abuser. Yeah. And so his logical jump is, what does abuser look like? It looks like my dad. Yeah. And it's, it is chilling. It's very chilling but very effective and they play out the scene as if it is a like a domestic violence type of situation it's scary the whole scene is played out it's they both do it very well Mm -hmm. and it makes it all the more terrifying because like they just commit yeah and like craig shoves ashley into the ground he's saying the lines like with a lot of force and it's it's a very, very startling performance. Yeah. Um, and, like, they do cut to Jimmy, who's looking miserable <laughs> through the whole thing. Um, in his football outfit, just miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they play out the scene, and they play it out as they see it, which is just, like, he is forcing her to be this way, and he is going to make her into a new version of that he sees fit. So taking the same exact lines that Jimmy and Hazel take and kind of goof around and take them into something way more chilling and sinister. Um, and as soon as the scene ends, Ashley rips off the wig, Craig rips off the glasses. Yeah. They get out of character immediately. It is a lot for them, and they quickly are like, we need to get out of this moment. Like, I, we can't be in this space anymore. Yeah. Um, Quan has a look on her face like, what have I wrought? Like... <laughs> yeah. She just says, wow, intense. They made it their truth. That's what you wanted, right? Yeah, right? Like, like this is what you, you were going to get when you had, like, those two kids in the class. Like, you realize. I'm, I'm forgetting if, Eric, you have heard the episode where I described this or if um, you just listened to the episode. Um, back in my high school, we had to do a... You had to do a thing where you took one of... Uh, Oscar Wilde's, like, wonderful quotes, and then made a piece of art around it. Uh-huh. And um, one of the girls in my, uh, or in the grade below me, I found this out about this after I had already graduated, um, her boyfriend had dumped her the week of prom. Oh, God, this story. So, um, 
she took like all their IM conversations and put around like a quote about being vain. Oh my god. <laughs> That's beautiful. She's a genius. Yeah, so I hope she went to art school. <laughs> Me too. Um, so that's what I thought of when I saw the scene. I was just like, oh my god, that's such a duck. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm like, Quan, my English teacher, was just so sick pumped on the idea. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Quan's just like, that was intense. And then like, when when um, Ashley explained, she's like, you know, it's about, the taming is about like breaking them down. You can see Jimmy being like physically not happy about this assessment. He's just shrinking into his shoulder pad. <laughs> He's like turtling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next time we see them, the final scene of the episode, Ashley, this scene so much. I'm so, oh my God, I'm so hyped about oh this. Oh my scene. God. I had to IM you. I am you. <laughs> we were on aim. The most dramatic thing. Uh, this is the part of the episode I remembered. So, like, I don't remember very much of this episode, except for this part. This part has been, like, glued into my brain probably since I was 14. I revived AIM just to message you on it. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. It was really appropriate for, like, the time. So I, have to. I am Samwise the Brave. The A in yes. Samwise is a 4. What was your uh, away message? Um, long live the car crash hearts with an, with a, with two hearts, one of which inverted. Nice. Oh yeah. What was yours? Uh, I don't remember, but it was probably bright eyes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Did you say bright eyes? Yes. Nice. I had a lot of bright eyes away messages. And, um, the, I think one that, uh, always appeared was from the curse of song. I can't remember it, but it's just like, don't call me pretty baby. Oh, oh yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's off Domestica. Yeah. Wow. Love me some cursive. Oh, boy. I saw them a few weeks ago. They're still rocking pretty hard. I need to listen to their new album. I, I yeah, I do love them a lot. Yeah. I saw them a lot back in, like, that time period. Mm. Yeah. I just love the fact Tim Cash was like, nope, I realize I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Real. Real. Um, but anyway. Let's... So, this great scene. So, so Ashley approaches Jimmy. She's in full goth mode. And she goes, oh, like, I wrote something in your yearbook. <sighs> Which... I have to read it. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, in like. In front of me. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and then, like, as he begins reading it, she starts backing away into the crowd. <laughs> it's so good. This scene is so good. Like, it makes a great scene, but can you imagine, like, being someone else and just watching this happen? Oh, my God. I'd be, like, guy? I'd be screaming. Like, I'd be, like, like texting all of my friends on my flip phone. Like, you never believe the shit that I am watching right now. I, I'd, be, I'd be one of those moments where I walk by and be like, man, I fucking hate high school. <laughs> oh, no. I've been, see, this is where we're two different people, Frank, because I would be, like, hanging on every word. Or, no, I'm with Frank. I'd be like, oh, fuck this. Goodbye. Well, like, because that was the thing. Like, a bunch of people who were really mean to me would tell me their problems, and I'd just relate them to Susie, and we'd just laugh about them because <laughs> we were awful people. <laughs> Oof. I mean, 
I know I'm just so gossipy. I can't help myself. I would be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this isn't happening. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> she's back she's backing away and unfortunately but like she's too close to the lockers and she trips over Ellie. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> so she just like backs away and then what? Like Yeah, like what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, like what are you gonna do? Those halls are divided <laughs> by like glass walls. Thank God for the thank God for the credits because she had no other exit plan. <laughs> But yeah, like, so he's reading it, and it's about being codependent, and that, like, she's drowning, and she needs to separate from him. It's like, it's like typical Ashley Kerwin-style writing. Um, and it's just, and then she just backs away, it freezes on her face, it's so fucking good. It, this is the content I want to see from Degrassi always. Love Ashley, smoke bomb. Like, 30-year-old Ashley, like thinks about this every night is is just like horribly embarrassed either that or i will never be like that confident ever again than in that moment <laughs> when i was 15 and i thought that was a good idea okay i'm also thinking about it this way like it's not like she wrote it because like i've written things to people Probably just as dramatic, but they were on like lined pieces of paper. She wrote it in his yearbook. If he ever wanted to look at his junior high yearbook, he would see that. Memories. And, yeah, and like yearbooks are compact, and if he, and you know, he's pretty fair. It seems like he has enough friends. If he wanted to rip that page out, he would probably rip out other people's shit. Like, what is he gonna do now? But fortunately for him, it's on, um, the other, the other side of it is the page, pages, where it's just like a big spread of just page. <laughs> he flips through, he's like, what is she doing now? I hope she's well. Um, he rips it out and Paige just feels like a tinge of pain. She's like, ow, something happened. Yeah, right. She's like, ruining the world. increases just a tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> um... But, um, yeah, so that's how the A-plot ends, which I loved it. I, I loved it. It was, yeah, it was heavy-handed and overwrought. Oh, but it's in a good way. High school. Yeah, like, that, it's the type of overwrought that high school is supposed to be. Yeah. Where it's like, I, I think that's the thing where I feel like any teen media, you gotta make your characters genuinely believe the drama that they're in. Well, like, the... the like not to keep bringing my other podcast but like go for it this is your this is your bread and butter friend teen like you know being a teenager is all about having big emotions yeah and like all the emotions in this were so big exactly yeah it worked yeah his so uncomfortableness well. was very big and her everything was very big even Ellie being outraged was so big, and, and Spinner's, like, crass remarks, and the jock's crass... Honestly, everyone was acting big in that plot. And I would even argue they're acting pretty big in the B plot, too. Yeah. Oh, they're acting big. <laughs> Which, yeah. let's get to. They think they're real big. Oh, oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> oh. So, JT and Toby in the B plot are... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're going from, like, this high drama... Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> That's always JT and Toby. It is always Revenge of the Nerds on their plots. Um, so they're, like, going, and JT is just hyper-focusing that they're going to be able to have Dr. Sally's talk. 
He is so excited to see her. It's been a year. He can't wait to talk to her. Can't wait to see her. Can't wait for him to have the closest, like, chance of, like, talking about sex in, like, anything. I mean... Have we seen this, Dr. Sally? Is yes. She, yes. Like, super foxy? She, she, she was... Okay. In, no, that just... Uh, no, Dr. Actually, no, I'd say pretty foxy. Yeah, I love her. I'm charmed by her. But like, she's great. She like if she like fucking drops some truth bombs in Marco's like in Marco's last A plot where he's like worried about like coming out and everything and she's like, What's worth like hiding who you are? And he's just like, Fuck. <laughs> well, um, Terry says, I asked Dr. Sally, some people think think homosexuality is a sin. And Dr. Sally, without skipping a beat, just says, What's the bigger sin? Like uh oh, I immediately forgot it, but just like hiding who you are or like loving somebody. And just like damn. <laughs> yeah, no, Dr. Sally's the fucking best. Um <laughs> and, and Dr. Sally's also like, sometimes boys can be unsure too. Everybody can be unsure. It's all good. <laughs> like, she's good. I really like her. So like JT's I wish I had Dr. Sally. I know, life. me too. Ugh, I had I had more of an Armstrong situation. Um so yeah, like same. I think, like, everybody. Um, Toby is exhausted. So it's just, like, your gym teacher that did this, correct? That's yeah. That's all I got. Well, like, like cause, awkward-ass gym teacher. Because that's how the certification works. Like, to be a physical education teacher requires you to take, like, gym-type stuff, but also requires you to, like, do health and, like, anatomy and shit. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're good at it. Just yeah. means you took a class in it. That, I didn't know that. Because I was just like, why are these super unqualified people teaching me health? It's, it's, I mean, they're still unqualified. Because, like, the fact of the matter is, is, like, the phys ed teachers a lot of the time, like, that's not their passion. Yeah. Which, like, I can't blame them, honestly, to be able to do, like, teach, if you're in high school, teach kids how to drive. And then also teach them about sex. And then also teach them about, like, sports. Like, that. Oh, yeah, I forgot that they did driving instruction, too. You're right. That's yeah. Strange. Yeah, it's, like, it's a lot of different things, and, like, that's not to say that, like, you know, the teachers are bad at teaching, like, the sport component or the driving component or anything like that, but, like, I feel like if you want to teach health, you truly have to have that be your passion. Yeah. Because you get this. Yeah. Um, well, here's my question, too. Did you guys do this all at class? You guys have to have, like, the separated boys and girls talk, because that was the other thing I was confused so my process was, and I think this ranges by school by school, um, in seventh grade you had, or like sixth or sixth and seventh or sixth or seventh, you had it single, single gender. Um, right. and then, whatever that means. Yeah, what, what the fuck? But, um, in eighth or ninth grade, I think eighth grade in my case, it was mixed gender. Okay. Whatever that means. <laughs> um, so so that was my experience personally. I don't know about yours, Frank. Uh, it was in a big gym. They brought some outside people to talk to us who are not as good as uh, Dr. Sally. And for the first part, it was um, we were all mixed together. They kind of gave went over some basic stuff. They taught us how to punch incorrectly. What? Huh? Like they want they, they were huh? they were teaching us basic self defense. Okay. And they're like Wow. Okay. And they're like, put your thumb on the inside of your fingers. Oh wait, and, no, don't do that. Yeah. All of us are like, uh, that's how you break your thumb. Good. 
Nice. Excellent. Um, ooh. Their sex advice wasn't as bad as their punching it. No, it's still pretty bad. Okay. Great. Put two condoms on. Go for it, kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Where do the condoms go? On your ears. <laughs> uh, how about you, Eric? What was your, your middle school process? Yeah, I feel like I think we were separated by by boys and girls for whatever reason. I don't, like, I assume we would have spoken about the same stuff, but I remember there was a lot of chart about different me- methods of contraception, and that's basically all I remember. Yeah, like, with me, there were two different videos. Like, the teaching was not really done by the gym teacher. The te- gym teacher plus press play. Um, oh, no, my gym teacher was straight up drawing a chart on the board oh. of the different contraceptive methods, and Awkward. Yeah. Um. Mine was there was it's a girl thing, which is what I watched, and then there was it's a boy thing. Um. And it's a girl thing had a very this very heavy handed plot that kind of unified all of it, which was the single father had to like prepare his daughter for her period and like that she was going to menstruate and like he needed to seek support from women in his life to like help her through it because he was so woefully inept. And that even a girl thing is about menstrual. Exactly, which like <laughs> it was so weird to me as a kid. And like now it's even weirder and all I remember from the boy the boys reported back and literally all they retained from it was this moment where they have like this like you know, scripted Q&A, and I don't know why I remember this still to this day. Like, apparently one of the clips of it was a boy going, mine is, mine is not as large as everyone else. Does that make me less of a man? Oh, no. (laughs) Which is, like, I guess not a question that's off the table with folks who have penises, but, like... (laughs) (laughs) the the whole like framing of it and the fact that that's all the boys in my class retained was not promising (laughs) and like I doubt the plot for it's a boy thing was a single mother trying to figure out how to prepare her son for erections like I just don't think that happened (laughs) sorry I I work with middle schoolers, so I'm constantly thinking about, like, how sex ed is presented to them. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember being shown a video of any kind. Um, I think I mentioned before here, my education was the What's the Happening to Your Body book for boys, which was actually much more informative than anything the school ever provided me. That's good. I, I don't know. But yeah, that's what we, that's what my, that's what sex ed, buddy. Anyway, sex ed here was supposed to be Dr. Sally. However, Dr. Sally is in China, and to- and JT is so upset. He's like, well, bring her back. What the fuck do you mean? And it's, like, really funny. What do we think Dr. Sally was doing in China? <laughs> um, Probably, uh, seeing as though she's very old, I want to believe that she was traveling. Because she deserves it for having to deal with gross teenagers you know, during health classes. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, my headcanon is that she was taking a motorcycle journey through Asia. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I like that, with Attila. 
Her young boyfriend. <laughs> New power couple. Oh, hell yeah. Um, that's my, that's my thought. Um, anyway, so, so Armstrong has to run it, which once again, is Armstrong a math teacher? Is Armstrong a phys ed teacher? We'll never know here in Degrassi. Is he both? Probably, I guess. Um, so he's teaching. Listen, Snake is like a janitor and I just <laughs> do whatever they need to be doing. It's true. Um, and Armstrong, he's like talking and he's like holding an unraveled condom uh, in his hand. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, like he's just holding it. It's not even like he's like putting it on the banana or anything like that. He's just holding right. it. He's just holding it. And it's just like he's like standing there and it's dangling from his hand. He's like talking about abstinence and shit and is like, "Well, you know, like you know, cuz like I don't know about you guys. I mean, I I'm about to be 28 and my school was a more conservative pocket of Jersey. So, like, I was one of the last few years that was just straight up only abstinence in my school. It took until, like, my brother's year, which was two years back, um, two years later, for them to even, like, do the condom thing. Like, they were just like, this is what a condom looks like. Here's a female condom. And then, like, my gym... Okay, I'll never forget this. My phys ed teacher was, like, looking at the numbers and was, like, talking about, like, menstruation and was, like, a period can last, like, one day to, like, I forget what kind of day, arbitrary thing was, like, eight days or something like that. He's, like, looking at the stat and mumbling to himself about, like, how long his wife's periods took. (laughs) That's what you need. That's what you need to hear. Yeah, he's, like, well, I don't remember her ever having one that only takes a day. Yeah, because that really doesn't happen too often, buddy. (laughs) At least he, at least he knew his his wife's menstrual cycle somewhat. Yeah, I'll give him credit. He knew that she had them. Uh, I feel like some men don't even know that much. It's it was startling. This this revived so many memories for me. I'm so sorry, everybody. This is this is just Donnie oversharing his horrible like sex ed experience. I mean, I was really shocked that the sex ed at my school was like decent. I would have assumed it. it you know, because I'm from a pretty poor, pretty blue-collar area. Um, but no, they went over, like, every fucking contraceptive and all of that shit. And then at the very end, we're like, yeah, d- but, like, be abstinent. Okay, that cool. Bye. Um, this did not help my school's population, however, because we had a lot of teen pregnancies. I wonder if that's also, like, a class divide thing as well, because I come from a more affluent area, so I feel like, like, the parents were not going to okay a more progressive health education because they they are outraged by the premise of their kid maybe having sex. So, like, they... I think a lot of the lack of education came from that place of the phys ed teachers not wanting to have to fight the parents because of it. Even if they have to sign permission slips and stuff, like, they were very, I assume they were very resistant toward integrating a more progressive thing because the parents would just be outraged at it. Yeah. So. Oh. Anyway. Um, so he's, like, giving a really terrible thing. He turns around, JT flicks a condom on his back. And, and of course, like, to cue everything, Armstrong goes, always make sure you have a condom on you. Hey-oh. <laughs> cue laughter. I mean, I did 
snicker a little bit. Yeah, it was a little funny. Though I actually did um, find it funnier when... Um, before, Jimmy's just like, first you get the knowledge. Then you get, like... <laughs> I think, like, the practice. Then you get the women. And he, like, walks right up to Paige. And I wasn't laughing about what Jimmy... Or not what JT was saying. I was laughing because I immediately thought, oh, look, Paige is dressed like an artist. It's true. She's wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> the classic... Oh, sorry. The classic marker of being an artist in Degrassi. Wearing a turtleneck. So now uh, JT has changed his tune from talking about how pumped he was to see Dr. Sally to how annoyed he was he didn't get to see Dr. Sally. Honestly, though, this is so real, though. Like, this is so, like, teenager. Um, so he feels betrayed. Toby doesn't get um, how to uh, get Toby, condoms. What is, what is he so confused about? I know. He's just like... He's just like, I'm confused. <laughs> it's like, honey. Like... Um, it's, it's not rocket fire. No, no. It's like he's just like, but how do I get them? <laughs> uh, and and JT's like, well, we could buy them. That's how you get them. Like, yeah. And is this is the point where JT comes up with his plan, like of we need to be ready at any time. Yeah, which he doesn't pose a bad point here. He's like, what if there is a moment of passion? And, like, you and, like, because, like, Toby's like, oh, like, I don't want to have sex with Kendra yet, la, la, la. And he's like, well, what happens if it does happen? Like, what happens if just everything, the conditions are just right, and then you have sex? And, like, I'm not actually bad advice, JT. Like, you know, it doesn't hurt to have that on hand. Yeah. And I doubt Armstrong was really going to be like, oh, by the way, like, always good to have that just in case. Yeah. Um, it, like, I would have been, like, JT would have been able to jump in my rankings, like, a bunch of spots if he's like, besides, it's a gentleman's responsibility to take care of protection. <laughs> yeah, like, some sort of bullshit line. But, like, the next, when they actually buy the condoms, it made me infuriated because it made me realize how oh shitty God. Armstrong is as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't sure understand. Yeah, they just don't understand how condoms work, like, really. Like, I mean, they get that a condom is what you're supposed to wear, which, to be fair, like, at that age, I didn't really understand how a condom worked myself because, once again, I was not being given an education that even talked about how to put them on. So, like, I didn't fucking get it. Um, and um, they're, like, looking at the extra-large condoms. Like, they don't know what ribbed means. Like, they don't know, like, the, they're like, oh, these are flavored, these are glow-in-the-dark, and like... JT, why do you want bacon-flavored condoms? Yeah, yeah, that's right, he does, he's like, they find one, and then he's like, oh, I wish they made bacon-flavored condoms. Why? (laughs) Because you need to know that he is a cishet man. Bacon's not that good. They yeah, but really... he wants it. Yeah. That's my question. Do you want to suck a bacon? Is that what's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I knew where Eric was going with that for a while. <laughs> I was trying to not think about that because, like, I don't want to think about JT, like, having a sleepover with Toby and then going like, yeah, but, like... <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, I feel like it would be way better to suck a dick if it tasted like bacon. And Toby's like, I need to leave. Right now. And this is my house. (laughs) Yeah, like, I am going. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like, let's see, I can't go to Spinner's house because he'll destroy me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go to Emma's house because... She'll destroy me. Yeah. Like, he just, he just is like sleeping on top of one of uh, Joey's cars. Yeah. It's like, this is the best option. <laughs> and Joey's like, have you ever heard of a solid alarm? <laughs> I just heard Gwen laugh in from the kitchen. <laughs> I'm so glad that joke landed at everyone in the house. Um, anyway, so so they like get so they look at condoms. Then they have a fight with lightsaber canes, um, and then they go to the counter to see a very apathetic teenager at the desk. They see you know Frank at that same age. That's true. <laughs> just like oh god, this bullshit again. Stupid, stupid children. <laughs> yeah, and like, so they are like stumbling through. They're like shifting blame on whose condoms it is. Then they clear up that it's both of theirs. But then they make clear they're not dating. I, I was, yeah. I was just like, no I, homo. No homo. <laughs> I'm just really proud of you, Degrassi, for a split second. Then that line came through, and I'm like, well. <laughs> it's like it's one of those double-edged sword type of situations where I actually feel like. I don't think it's unrealistic, and I feel like if they didn't have some of the other shitty transphobic and homophobic jokes in the series, I actually would have given this a pass, because I feel like it's realistic for two seemingly het boys buying condoms together to just kind of be like, we're not together. Don't, don't get it. Don't get, don't, you know, don't get confused here. Right. Two, two boys are also being framed as just complete doofuses anyway. Exactly. Like, I would have actually given it a pass, but because of, like, my relationship with Degrassi with all of these type of shit, I'm going to be angry because it just feels like them constantly going to that cheap homophobic transphobic gag as opposed to this is not an unrealistic reaction to. Yeah. Like, maybe if you didn't have Ashley in, at the end of season one ask if Liberty got a sex change. Like, maybe I would have let this slide. <laughs> Quinn in the back, gasping again. <laughs> Squid okay, is never... here's my question yeah. about this scene. Um, they slammed down a lot of condoms. Condoms are not cheap. Yeah. No. That is, like, that is like $60 worth of condoms. Uh, Children's. Uh, considering uh, today's exchange rate, that's $80 worth of condoms. No, yeah, rip. So that... So, I mean, there goes all your allowance. You could have bought, you know, an N64 game, guys. Like, use your noodle. You could, oh my god. They could have bought so many, they could have bought some GameCube games, because this is like 2002. Is, oh yeah, it's a, I don't know, I don't know if they're cheaper in Canada or not. They're probably more expensive. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I don't know, but they, they buy a whole bunch and JT asks the cashier for her phone number, and she... This kid's, like, overcome fast. What was that? JT's confidence is baffling. Baffling? Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's just, like, it's just, it's wherever he can get it. And, but once again, I would have liked JT if he, um, if, 
like he had said some like self-deprecating line here where he's like yep thought so and just ran away yeah 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 <laughs> it, it could have been saved but it wasn't because these are degrassi writers and yeah. jt can do no wrong um the next morning or the next time we see them they're in school toby is tossing the condoms in jt's i guess part of the locker yeah this is after he's had the conversation with his parents yeah yeah for context <laughs> After, like, Ashley brings up, like, you know, oh, Toby, did you get condoms? And Toby, like, jumps out of his skin at the question. I have a story to tell you off. I have a story to tell both of you off the air. Ooh. Yeah. Juicy. Um, mysterious content. Um, anyway, so Toby puts the condoms in JT's locker. Um, and Spinner is nearby. He's, like, mumbling, but he, he literally is not saying anything he, he's practicing the lines for his oh that makes sense yeah yeah okay and J- not doing a good job. no not at all <laughs> and, and jt decides to you know poke the bear and it's just like that's right spinner walking and talking and spinner's like Haha, and just slams him against the locker yeah he does that to them a lot this episode this is like the first time he does it um <laughs> And in the process of slamming him, he jostles the condoms, and the condoms fall and spill along the the uh, hallway. And he spinners like, oh, look, it's JT's condoms. Yeah, and he flashes them to Manny and Emma, which I need to make. I know I'm not usually the fashion the fashion person oh, when, when you're on six ponytails, eight ponytails. How many ponytails? That is true. Emma has a lot of ponytails. But most importantly, Emma is wearing a Gorilla the Mountain shirt. Which, if you know anything about me, I am obsessed with the mountain. I own a great shark shirt of them. But, like, that classic tie-dye with a animal on it of various sorts. So good. Was this an amusement park? They were no. sold in amusement parks. Sometimes you could get a name of your location. So you could get like a San Diego, the mountain shirt and things like that. But like the brand itself is the mountain and they make a whole bunch of shirts, including but not limited to a shirt with a giant possum face, which is You've great. seen the three wolf moon shirt. They are the, th- they are the originators. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, good for them. Yeah, no, they're great. Um, oh, I, okay. I immediately now know. Yeah, I have a shirt. Yes, yes, exactly. There's a chameleon with the tongue. Um, I have a blue tie-dye shirt, which is Dog is Love, it says, and has a big dog face, and I wear it when I cosplay Magnus sometimes. Like, it's it's good. Oh, yes. Frank just showed me the one with the giant chihuahua face on it. Um, nice. It's good. Anyway, I love the mountain, so I was very happy to see Emma repping them. Um... And Emma goes, like, you know, these aren't JT's condoms. They're totally Toby's. And, of course, Spinner is like, because Toby is dating his sister. So, of course, he is out for blood. Yeah. Um, And JT is too petrified. Admittedly, like... I don't think he's intentionally throwing him under the bus. He's just terrified. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like getting shoved against the locker by Spinner is old hat. You yes. Know? We've seen him do it multiple times to him. Yeah. But, like, this is a new level of rage that he does not want to mess with. Yes. It's very true. Um, then we go to the computer lab. <laughs> and... I did love this scene as well. <laughs> okay. Also, the screensaver is fucking bonkers oh on God. all the screens. Yeah. 
It's just I like, love this show's like dedication to its fake computer shit. Like they really go all out. I will say this, like, you know, this the screensaver is pretty ornate. It's like snake and then his head explode like at the top of his head explodes and shit like that. It's really weird, but I will say this, like kids, if they can fuck with that type of stuff, they will. Like one of the best slash worst memories I ever have of teaching high school was I was introducing a research unit to my kids in the library. I'm facing the, there's like a smaller computer lab right across from where I am speaking. And I crane my neck and I look and there's like a row of five computers right in front of me. And each background is a progressively like more zoomed in image. Of oh, Barry, you said this to me. Yes. Of yeah, Barry, yeah. Of Barry B. Benson from the B movie. <laughs> so imagine me being like, all right, everybody, so you're going to have to pick a topic. Make sure you pick something that you're passionate about. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I thought this was going to end with penis. <laughs> no, no, no. None of the school that I worked at, the kids are very, they're just very into memes. So like, not only that, but like there's another computer in the corner, which just has Dio on it. And like, it's it's like it's it's an ex- like it's an experience, but yeah, like one kid constructed this slowly zooming in image of Barry B. Benson. It was, it was so much, it was so much. I children are a treasure. <laughs> they they understand humor like nothing else. They also showed me, um, they introduced me to a knockoff of the B movie, which is my favorite version of it because there's this. It takes place in Washington D.C. And they talk about how they're going to overthrow the queen or whatever. And they make this really lengthy speech talking about George Washington and democracy and how, like, they have to, like, in the spirit of democracy, they have to overthrow this colony. That's amazing. <laughs> it's really good. I forget what it's called. Oh, it's called Plan B. So check it out if you have the chance. Um, anyway, so they're in the computer lab. They're figuring out how Toby will be able to avoid Spinner. Yeah, they're, like, looking up his schedule. <laughs> Which is so funny are to me. They, are they hacking the computer to do that? Or is it, does he publicly post his schedule on his weird fake Facebook? It's so hard to tell because they eventually end up on this, like, weird fake website profile thing that Spinner has constructed. And it's just dedicated to, like, kicking Toby's ass. <laughs> It's so funny. It's like just like multiple choice questions, which are like, whose ass am I gonna beat? Yeah. Toby, Toby, Toby. <laughs> and like it's like the Instagram poll, like yes or yes and red. Yeah. It, it's just like he's dedicated to just like <laughs> to menacing. Yeah. It's just like really funny because it's like the only time we really see Spinner be a classic bully is between the two of them. Probably because like they're the only kids that he can have that kind of like threatening aura toward yeah and it's really fucking funny because they do some of these like classic hijinks which are which actually land pretty well like there's like a gif of like toby's head being punched off and shit it's like it's wild um and then they get they get i am yes they get a d-mail it's a d-mail oh yeah for the and into my d-mail <laughs> <laughs> um we've changed the uh the uh email to i hope pod at dmail.com yeah like please send us an email um a dmail if you will um 
So, like, he basically sends them a D-mail. They open it up, and he's like, it's like, I'm right behind you. <laughs> and they, like, look behind them, and he just slides his head from, like, out behind the computer. And it is literally, like, one of the greatest moments I've ever seen on the show. It was so goofy. And then, like, they just run. Toby just scatters. And in the process, fucking Kendra comes out of nowhere. Well, well to- this was great. Oh, he's, like, hiding underneath people, right? Like, he's, like, ducking and bobbing and weaving. Yeah, and then, like, he just is, like, like, oh, thank God. And then, like, his frown, his smile instantly disappears as she full body checks him into some lockers. Well, she's a jock. <laughs> yeah. That's her, that's his, like, jock GF, so. And then pins him or lifts him off the ground against the lockers and just says, like, how old am I? <laughs> <laughs> like what grade am I in? And like reminds him that she's a fucking baby. She's in seventh grade. I'm twelve. <laughs> You're a pervert. Yeah, like she straight up calls him a pervert. Um, and <laughs> and that well, straight up asks him, "Do you did you really think I was gonna have sex with you?" Yeah, like it's it's good. It's good because it's like it goes back to that whole entire thing where it's like I feel like I don't hate Spinner being a protective older brother as much. Because Kendra feels the same way and also would destroy Toby if she needed to. Yeah. On her own. Like, they seem to work more as a unit and less, like, the protective brother trying to, like, look out for this helpless younger sister. Like, <laughs> Kendra's... He's just backup. Yeah, exactly. Like, she will... Like, you know, she... They, they may tag each other in, but at the end of the day, like, she's the one that is like, I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. Um... <laughs> they, like, planned this out before. Where he was like, yeah, you know what? I'll do that. I'll flush him out. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so too. I mean, can, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past them, but um. So the ne- uh, next time we join in with this, Toby's walking along, and he just gets grabbed by Spinner, who also pins him against the wall, and Toby just lays it on the line. And he's like, look, we haven't done anything else than kiss once, which I never realized is Toby's stupid, like, schedule for Kendra. Oh, like, with all the kissing sessions? Yeah, of just, like, that was pretty, that was pretty helpful. Yeah, he, like, tries to, like, tutor her, but in the process smothers her because he makes the schedule and it's like, we can study during this time, then we can make out during this time. And she's like, fucking gross. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. <laughs> The scene between um, Spinner and Isaac, too, is, like, shot really close, and their faces are super smashed together. It's very awkward. Yeah, it is. It's a moment, ain't it? They're, like, I feel like a lot of new ships were born from this episode. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. somebody wrote that fanfiction. I mean, so certainly somebody did. Um, but, oof. Yeah. Ugh. We'll get to my Degrassi ships later. This was not one of my Degrassi ships. I had opinions. Yeah. Alright, um... So, so yeah, so... Toby says, like, look, like, this is what happened. This was JT's idea, and as soon as he says that, the light bulb goes off in Spinner's brain, and Spinner is off! Yeah, like, it, um... Because, like, Spinner knows JT's an idiot. Toby has some... <laughs> level of sense yeah yeah like if if he truly wanted to he would have destroyed toby earlier like yeah um cut to the next day 
And um, what ends up happening is Toby once again gets grabbed by Spinner. But in a friendlier manner. In a friendlier manner, because Spinner has something to show him. Yeah. Um, he has tied up JT and covered him in condoms. That, look, it's just... Why? Yeah, it's just like... It's disgusting. Yeah, because all I could think about was what if those condoms were lubricated? Yeah, and what's on his nose? Like, oh. Yeah. And then, to make this even more bizarre, <laughs> Spinner addresses the, the school, apparently, and just says, there's enough, um, there's enough pressure on girls to have sex. Kendra doesn't need any more from you two. Yeah, yeah, he's very just like... It's just, like, this weird, like, almost sweet moment, but also weird. It's it's a bit messy, but, yeah. like, it's Spinner logic. Like, I'm not gonna knock it entirely, because I feel like Spinner would have this, like, pea brain logic of, like, I'm gonna stick up for my sister, because she told me this is what the problem is. I don't really understand it, because I'm Spinner, but I'm gonna parrot vaguely what I remember from the conversation. Spinner is our, like, if Craig is our, um, sweet woke bro, Spinner is our sex ed bro. <laughs> Just, like, very concerned about people using protection and, like, women not being, like, feeling pressured to do anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, now I think, like, probably, like, when Jimmy told him what happened with Ashley, he's like, that's good, man. You respected her wishes. That's good. Yeah, right? He's like, you, you establish boundaries, and you know what? Sometimes it hurts, but that's good. That's good. Um, but yeah, and then Spinner turns off the lights, and here's the last little laugh. They're glow-in-the-dark condoms. All I could think with that last scene is that somebody's fetish. Yeah, there was something really uncomfortable about that whole thing. All I could think was, like, finally JT got what was coming to him. Also that, like, I feel like I can't even properly unpack some of this because I'm just like, oh, good, JT actually gets gets his. Yeah. Even if it is, like, oh, that whole, like, image is so... It felt familiar in a way that I didn't want to remember, but I don't know what... It made me think of, but I also was like, I feel like I've seen something like this before. It was horrid. Yeah, it's not great. In no. Any, like, I was happy to see JT get, get his comeuppance, but I'm just like, this, th that's still a child. Like, <laughs> that's still a child, yeah. and I don't like this, you know, kind of humiliation. But, um, I'm gonna give it a solid A. Like, um, there wasn't... Any there, there was like that last shot was problematic, and like there's some other problematic lines in it and whatnot. But all in all, like the B plot was entertaining while still having some just really killer moments. Um, the A plot, heavy handed and overall as was, still kept sending a really good message. And yeah, I think it was just a really good episode. I'm hoping um, I'm gonna keep an eye on these writers, see if they have any other good ones. Um, 
though I was looking through season two just at the writers, not spoiling myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the one and only Susan Nielsen returns next week. Oh! <gasps> Holy shit! So, so yeah, solid A. Eric, do you have a rating? This was a very good episode. It, I didn't have to suffer, like, endless bouts of, like, secondhand embarrassment like I did with the last couple ones I did, so I... Eric, you cut out. Yeah, you cut out, so I would just start from the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, what I said was, um, this episode didn't make me suffer secondhand embarrassment the entire time, uh, like the other ones. And I would agree it was a lot more tightly and tightly paced, so it also gets a name. How nice. I'm, like, so not used to us actually having episodes that we, like, really enjoy. It's, a uh, always a good, good feeling. Yay. Um, so, I guess we'll go on to character rankings. Okay, um, Paige is shooting up in my rankings for her concern over Ashley. Um, uh, JT begrudgingly is moving up a few ranks for having a somewhat salient point. Um, and not being as horrid as he normally is. Like, he wasn't... He was still not great, but not especially toxic. Um, Spinner, for trying his best, is going up in the rankings. Jimmy... Jimmy's going down for not realizing the joys of having a goth girlfriend. Um, Ellie staying true to her guns, going up in the rankings. Terry being pumped on having your friend back. Eh, you're staying kind of where you are. Armstrong, you're going down in my rankings for just giving a really shitty sex ed lecture. Uh, Miss Kwan, for trying something potentially dangerous, you're going up in the rankings. Craig, you're rising a lot higher for being a good woke bro. Um, I hope this is leading towards a possible Craig and Ashley relationship. Um, Emma and Manny, for calling JT gross, you're taking a few steps up. Um, Hazel... You seem to be having fun, so you can go up with your ranks. Uh, I think that's about it. Oh, uh, Papa, Papa Isaacs, you're going down. Mama Isaacs, you're going up. Um, Toby. I felt Toby got, like, kind of strong-armed through this episode. Mm-hmm. By JT's nonsense, as usual. But he generally was coming from a place of concern. About, like, what if this thing does happen? So, he's going up a few ranks. Um, Kendra, you're not going to hit page levels, but you're getting close. You're getting real close. <laughs> just for just body slamming your boyfriend into a locker. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I forget it. Can, you get, can you all th- think of anybody I forgot? I think you're good. Okay. If I'm not good, write us at ihopepod at gmail.com. Hey. Not Dmail. Send you a Dmail. <laughs> Dmail isn't a real thing. Says you. Um, 
I'll get the email servers up. There you go. Um, Eric, do you have any rankings you would like to share? Uh, okay. I can't do the full cast because I haven't been keeping track of their sordid activities. But uh, Jimmy definitely gets a downgrade. Um, and these two nerds are nerds. So they f- stay forever at the bottom. All right. Shall we... Should we move on to recommendations? I'm ready. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'll start because, I don't know, that's my thing. Uh, so, of course, recommendations are things that are directly relevant to the episode as well as things that we are just enjoying. So I have two recommendations. One is vaguely related to some of the themes of this episode. Um, I was scurrying around during here because I was trying to find the copy of my, uh, the copy that I have of this book in my, like, uh, shelving, so I'm sorry about that. Um, my recommendation for, my very serious recommendation is a book called Learning Good Consent on Healthy Relationships and Survivor Support, which is edited by Cindy Crabb. Um, it's a really good overview of establishing consent, especially within the context of dating or having friends or connections to survivors of sexual assault um so not just your typical like no means no yes means yes but going into some of the more complicated aspects of that and working and trying to make genuine connections whether you are a survivor yourself or the people in your life are survivors um so trying to do that that more sex ed aspect of it and communication and relationship aspect of it but taking it in a direction that hopefully may be something that you may want to check out regardless of your age. Um, My other recommendation is a bit of a reach, but um, King of the Hill is on Hulu now. So (laughs) I've decided to revisit it, and I love it. Um, And also occasionally deals sometimes with identity and how, like, you have the things that you enjoy, the things that you are passionate about, but don't always match with the expectations of a Texas town so like if you really want to really want to check it out i recommend it i didn't really care for it as a kid and i realized it's because i literally did not understand it as a child but as an adult i am genuinely enjoying myself um so it's on hulu um all the seasons are up on there and there's a lot of them so i am having a good old time with that who wants to go next i'm looking something Okay. Okay. Uh, mine has nothing to do with anything. I'm just gonna recommend a comic that I finally finished after like, dragging my heels. It's like two chapters for like I don't know six months. I made myself do it. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna re- <laughs> I'm gonna recommend Doro Hidoro uh, by Q Hawashida, and it's a really weird, dark, gory horror fantasy. Um, has a really amazingly fleshed out world. Um, and it's my favorite, like, kind of weird subgenre of comics, which is, like, seinen, which is, like, adult men's comics, but written by women. Um, mm-hmm. They tend to be way better and way more interesting. Um, so, yeah, read Doro Hidoro. It's all about demons and hell, and it's very good. Nice. And Frank, are you still looking? Um, I was just, somebody, I saw a tweet. Uh, yesterday, where somebody combined made Hank Hill into Gendo Akari. And... Uh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <laughs> God dang it, Shinji. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've recommended this. If not, whatever. I'm going to just recommend it forever. Um, the reimagined Battlestar Galactica. Um, there's no, there's no real reason for us to do it in a, in between Degrassi seasons. Um, you know, adjacent thing, but I just love that series. I love it for the fact that like, there's like strong female characters and nobody ever is like, Oh, like you're particular, like the show is just like, yes, men and women are equal and we're not going to talk about it because it's just an established fact. Like, but it's just like so many good characters, and I don't know. I just I still have such a I still have such a love for it. I just remember watching it with my buddy Ian, and just re falling in love with it again. Mae McDonald, Edward James, almost like you can't say like it's I don't know. It's West Wing in space. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and also um. Been listening to, been re-listening to a lot more cursive. Actually, also, I'm gonna recommend. Oh yeah. I'm gonna recommend uh, the Ugly Organ, um, which is still like one of the best um, theme albums I've ever heard. So yeah. And the. If you ever wanted to hear what like hating yourself as an artist? Just listen to the Ugly Organ. Yeah. Um, and the song I couldn't remember the title of was The Radiator Hums. So, nice. yeah. Nice. Um, so, Eric, you've made it through. Congratulations. I did it once again. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so, to, to, uh, remind everybody, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, uh, well, I guess my Tumblr is nerfed because I had many presentable... Um, so you're gonna have to find me on Twitter, uh, which is Disaster Town Cause. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Disaster Town. Say the uh, say the uh, last one again because it cut off a little bit. Oh, uh, sure. The Instagram is Disaster Town Cause. Nice. Um, you can also go onto Eric's social media and see the really sweet um, undergarments that he made for me. Which are really cool and probably the only pictures of me that are like, I truly can look at and be like, oh yeah, I look pretty good. So shout out to Eric for making me look good. Thanks, Johnny's bud. Looking slamming. Thanks. In my ugly, ugly underpants. No, I love it. I love them. They are mine, and I love them. Um, but yeah, you can keep in touch with the podcast uh, through various ways. You can email us at ihopepod at gmail Please don't hesitate to send us a audio clip or a um or some sort of paragraph talking about how an episode a season a character or Degrassi in general has meant something to you also feel free to email us specifically with guest appearances we are beginning to line up our guests for season three we would love to have you on it so please make sure that you send us an email about it um we are really looking for uh we are really looking for the perspective of people of color if you or somebody you know you think might be a great fit for the show, please don't hesitate to email us. It is a compensated thing. So you're not just going to be 
talking forever and then not being compensated for, for your hard work. Um, that being said, we also have a coffee now, so you can buy us a coffee. Um, we have that link in our description below. So feel free to send one to us. It is really helpful for us to compensate guests um, as well as potentially look into upgrading equipment and all that good, good stuff. Um, you can also reach us in other ways as well. We have a Tumblr, which maybe we don't anymore. It's uh, I Hope Pod. <laughs> um, you can also reach us on Twitter at I Hope Pod, um, or you can join our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. Uh, the Facebook groups begin to get some activity, uh, which is very exciting, um, and um, it's a lot of fun being able to talk to all of you and some of your takes on episodes, some of your takes on Canadian education, and whatever you guys kind of think about. It's always lovely hearing from you. Um, if you want to talk to me individually, you can follow me on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. That was me. Uh, <laughs> I have, as I mentioned before, I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk. It's where my sister and I talk about teen media. Uh, by the time this comes out, I think we'll be getting towards the end of our Fan Appreciation Month and getting closer towards our hundred, our 100th episode. Um, and then after that, it's Lifetime Movie Month. And I'm so excited. Hell Yeah. Um, also, one last thing, please do not hesitate to leave us reviews. Um, we have a challenge set out for all of you. Once we hit 20 ratings and reviews, we are going to start digging into the backlog, which is the original Degrassi series. We're going to watch some episodes and throw up some fresh content for you. Um, so if you want to hear our takes on some of the original Degrassi cast, please do not hesitate to send us ratings and reviews. Um, once we hit 20, we'll start churning some of those out. Yeah. Um, so other than that, everybody. Looks like we done made it through again. And we hope that you'll keep making it through with us. Later. See ya, everyone. <laughs> like anyone would be. I am flattered by your fascination with me. Smile.